0: It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown Podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast on YesNetwork.com. It's Joe Cowell along with Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive website. It's the number one Giants fan message board on the web. You get all your information. You can send your questions there. And, Eric, let's talk about it. We needed the Giants to get that win on Monday night, and that's exactly what they did. It started out pretty ugly. It kind of started out like all Giant games started out, where they drive the ball, have a nice drive, Eli throws the interception, and then nothing for the whole first half.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of three and outs until um the end of this end of the uh, second quarter going into halftime when the Giants had a nice nice two minute drive to uh really take charge of the game. The game, you know, last week we were talking about how we thought the uh the Giants Redskins game really was closer than the final score and the Giants were were in that game and I, I think the flip side this week I think this game was closer than the final score. The the Rams really handed the Giants a couple of, of of great opportunities. One was the lateral, of course, that that was a gift touchdown uh, to Michael Bowley and the other was the muffed punt, which early in in the um, in the game gave the Giants the the ball on the Rams side of the field. And the Giants, to their credit, did convert. Uh, that into a touchdown, um, but other than uh, but other than that, you know things were pretty ugly on offense until the end of the first half when they had that nice drive, and then they had a a really good drive in the third quarter, their their first drive after the Rams had scored a another field goal. The Giants marched down the field, and they, that really that was the drive that that put the game away. Even though it was in the third quarter, it really you know it made it. A, I think it was at that point it was 28-9 and it gave the Giants a commanding lead at that point.
1: Sure, you have to take advantage of mistakes. The Rams are a young team, and you have uh, Sam Bradford, and and you just saw how quick they were on offense. I was really impressed, by the way, on how quick they were getting to the line and running the hurry up and really had the Giants confused. Guys couldn't get off the field. And the Giants just looked like they were trying to keep up. We had that whole controversy this week about You know, Grant faking an injury, trying to slow them up when it got down. Hey, I tell you what, the way the Rams were driving the ball and the way they were really taken advantage of, especially Aaron Ross, I mean, they were really going after him. Uh, The Giants had to do something to slow it up, and it worked. It worked. It kept the Rams out of getting into the end zone, you know. But the Giants on offense really concerned me because the first drive was really, really nice. It was nice and crisp and then Eli throws this bad pass, and then it just looked like they were so off sync, Eric, for the whole rest of the first half. I mean, it was just like Eli's dropping back, and I don't know where he was throwing the ball. It didn't look like the receivers knew what routes that they were running. It was really bad offensive football in that first half.
0: Yeah, at one point, Eli Eli's stats were, were real ugly. I think it was, I'd have to go back and check, but it was like 3 three of 11 or 3 of 12 passing. But then the, um, um, the guy who writes my reviews, uh, this year mentioned, you know, that the final the final 17 passes Eli had, it he completed 15 of them. So it was really sort of a Jekyll and Hyde performance with him. He, he had only had two incompletions in the second half. He was six for six on the two minute drive at the end of the first half. Um, but in the early going, in the first, in the bulk of the second quarter, it, it just was ugly. You're right. You know, they had that nice, um, uh, momentum going in the first quarter, in the first drive, and then the interception happened. And they just, they just again, the third down situation reared its ugly head again. They were, they had a lot of three and outs in the first half. I think they had five, and and that, that that's just not acceptable. The um, in the flip side as you just mentioned, you know, the Rams ran that that two minute offense like you're supposed to. Last week we were talking about how when the Giants do the no huddle. It's not really a hurry up for them because there's still a lot of um, uh, gyrations on the part of Manning and, and at the line of scrimmage, and 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 they they seem to be the clock always seems to be going down to one, even when they're in their no huddle. The Rams, man, they they were moving on that thing, and that that was impressive. Even if that had been a veteran team, that would have been pretty quick for them, and. To the Giants' credit, they they really uh, held up in the red zone um, because the the uh, the uh, Rams got down there three times and, and had to settle for three field goals. So this game would have been much much different. But so the defense bent, but it didn't break.
1: And when you say bend, uh, the DBs really bent in this game because yep. I tell you, it just looked like Sam Bradford was having his way throwing deep down the field, running, uh, throwing the crossing routes, and it looked like they knew whoever Aaron Ross was covering, they were going to go after them. And you know what? To the Giants' credit, sure, they're trying to make up for some injuries that they had in the beginning of the season with linebackers and, and especially with cornerbacks losing Terrell Thomas. But it just looks like Aaron Ross has just lost on some of these plays, and now he comes out of the game in the second half. And I thought it might have been because – he was the only healthy punt returner left on the team because once Dominic kicks and left the game, I'm thinking maybe they're trying to save Aaron Ross and not put him in right now because he's the only one that could return punts right now because that's another area that you have to be concerned about if you're a giant fan with injuries, but you know Aaron Ross was a number one draft pick for the Giants, and you know what as many times as he gets turned around, he gets taken advantage of. I think the Giants have to be a little worried,
0: oh yeah, they got to be very worried. let's put it this way they they gave up 300 yards passing to Rex Grossman, and the, the, the Skins don't have a lot of scary weapons in the passing game either. They have Santana Moss, uh, Cooley's getting up there, but they don't, they don't have a lot of scary weapons. Uh, Bradford's a good quarterback, but the Rams don't have a lot of weapons uh, in the passing game, and they, they gave up 300 yards to the Rams. So here, come, here comes Michael Vick and the aerial circus that is Philadelphia, and you got to think Philly's got to be licking their chops. But, yeah, Aaron Ross, we needed him to step up when Terrell Thomas went down. He hasn't done that in the first two games. Um, Corey, Corey Webster has been better, but I still don't think he's been playing as well as he has done in the past as well, too. The safeties have to start making more plays. Now, the good news is Kenny Phillips is showing signs of coming back to his pre-injury form. I think he's been pretty physical um, they've, but they've been so banged up with injuries. They've got Antrell Rolle now playing in the slot when they go in their nickel. He can't do that. I can't even imagine him trying to kick, uh, cover Deshaun Jackson with the, with the Eagles in the slot this this week. Um, and the passing that that the the thing that's that's really disheartening about the pass defense is the pass rush is there. The Giants are getting to the passer. They only had two sacks against the Rams, but they 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 hit. Officially, they hit Bradford for nine times, but mm-hmm. I, they look like he got the, he, they got there even more than that. Mm-hmm. Rex Grossman was under siege too. They've got they've got the pass rush going. I love what their defensive line is doing. The blitz, some of the blitzes have been getting there too. These guys just can't even cover for a few seconds, for a couple seconds. Yeah. That's the most disheartening thing.
1: Yeah, and I tell you, on a positive note, to see Justin Tuck play the way he did. Oh, it, yeah. The Giants really needed that. He's the captain of the defense. It was missing. You could tell it was really missing in Washington. What he brings to the team when he is in there, he recorded over five tackles. He had a, a sack and a half. And just his presence alone, I mean, this guy's out there. He still has to be hurting. And he's playing hard, and it's just what the Giants needed on a home game. That was, come on, Eric, we talked about it last week. This was basically a must-win for giants oh, yeah. in the season. Yeah. You couldn't go 0-2 against a team like the Rams. Nothing against the Rams. Like, we made a point before, they moved the ball on offense really good. But they're a young team, and they kind of handed the Giants You know, some points there, and the Giants took advantage of it to their credit. You know, we yell at the Giants how many mental mistakes they make when it's on the bad side. Well, it's on the good side. Michael Bowley makes a very smart play. You know, they pick up a muffed punt. So there are some positives to take out of this game because I think the Giants knew how important it indeed was to win this game at home.
0: Yeah. Defensively, the positive so far this season is the defensive line. I love what's going on with the defensive line because Tuck, as you said, had a monster game. JPP on the other side looks like he's primed to become a uh, you know uh, uh, one of the better defensive linemen in the game. I really really like the defensive tackles right now. I, you know, I you know, they lost Barry Colefield, but um, Lindell Joseph has been a rock inside with with Chris Canney teams have not been able to run on them yet. And the, the nice thing is the guys even coming off the bench. Rocky Bernard had a nice game. Yeah. Dave Collison's been playing well. And Ian Jimmy Kennedy, Kennedy didn't look bad. Um, so, I mean, their defensive line is is a, is a real strength. We've We've always thought it would be a strength and hoped it would be, but, you know, sometimes they talk big and they don't sh- they don't back it up on the field. So far through the first two games, the defensive line has really been playing well. If they can get the stuff cleaned up on the back seven, and it's not just the defensive backs but the linebackers and coverage too, if they can get that cleaned up a little bit and maybe get something out of Aaron Ross or a Michael Cole or, some- or-, or when they get Prince uh, Mukamara back, maybe they, they can they can uh, really, really take this defense to the next level, but they've got to get their pass coverage um, uh, settled. They can stop the run right now. They can get after the passer, but teams are going up and down the field with them throwing the football.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really important, and, and hopefully when Ozu Umiura comes back, that defensive line, Stays strong look they can't really have any more injuries and 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 with linebacker i really take my hat off to a guy like Kewanuka i mean how he just changes positions and and how he helps out the team anytime they need it i mean he's a big guy for him to go play linebacker you know it it, it, it can't be the easiest thing to do and i really like a guy like that who wants to help the team and, and switch positions so you know there are some positives to take away from this game and 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 i think the giants really knew and coughlin knew that they really needed this win at home and one more concern I think we have to talk about on the offensive side of the ball is there's just no tight end playing with the Giants right now. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's part of the game plan. There's no reason for any defenses to worry about the Giants throwing to a tight end right now. And it just looks like maybe Eli, with all these receivers going down, could, could have used a good tight end with this offense right now. Yeah, and I,
0: I still have hopes for Jake Ballard because he surprises me when they throw to him. You know, coming on Ohio State, he wasn't known as a pass receiver, but when they throw the, throw him the football, and they only threw it to him once um, against the Rams, and they threw it a few times against the uh, the Redskins. He's been catching the ball. He's been. He, I mean, he looks very sure-handed. Um, so I'm not going to completely write him off. But Bear Pascoe is is not getting the job done um, in the run blocking department. He's not a threat at all catching the catching the ball. Travis Beckham can't even get on the field. He's been practicing this week, so we'll see, but he's more of an H-back type, but you're right. They don't have that. Combine that with the loss of Steve Smith at the slot receiver and the fact that no one's really sort of stepped up in that slot role, and that's why they had to go out and sign the 35-year-old Brandon Stokely. Um, my, My criticism of Manning at this time has to be cautioned a little bit by the fact that he just outside of Hakeem Knicks right now. He doesn't have a lot Nothing. of scary guys to throw to. Um, even Mar- Mar- Mario Manningham, who may not play this weekend uh, because of the concussion, he he hasn't been he hasn't picked up where he left off from last season. He you know he, he had a sure touchdown and he tripped over his own feet. Um, he him and Eli don't seem to be on the same page, and he hasn't been certainly been making the big plays that he made down the stretch in, in twenty ten. Um, they need more out of him, and and they need to find somebody. Now with Hickson gone, they, they've got to have somebody like Brent, hopefully Brandon stokely has got one more year left, or Victor Cruz comes on or something, um, because they're they're really running low in the uh, in the cupboard in terms of you know who's who keeps the defensive back up at night, and they got Knicks and I, there's not a lot of other guys right there right now that are playing that. That, that are scaring people, I think.
1: Oh, I agree with you, especially with, with your assessment of Manning right now. I mean, it's impossible for him to get in sync with anybody except for Hicks and except for uh, Hakeem Nix right now. And that touchdown pass was, was, was a beautiful play on both sides from both of them. And I just think right now, especially with Manningham going down, he just – I mean, come on, just what you mentioned before, the down-to-Brandon Stokely, who's been on the team for a week, and you have Victor Cruz that might have to step up to the number two. Line. You know, that's hard for a quarterback, and and, and right now you're playing with an offensive line that was changed around, and for the most part they're doing pretty well, and, and the running game has been pretty well. It hasn't been great, and, and it was nice to see Brandon Jacobs catch a pass out of the backfield. I love watching that play, and... Uh, they mixed in DJ Ware towards the end of the game, and and Ahmad Bradshaw got in there. But you know, it's got to be hard for a quarterback, and you never hear Eli complain about it. You never hear him bring up anything. I mean, it could be a lot of times where these guys just aren't running the right routes, and, yep. and and Eli takes a lot of the blame for that. So that's one of the reasons why I really always liked Eli Manning is that he never looked to put the blame on anybody else. He always puts it on his shoulders. But I think all Giant fans now know what Eli Manning has you know to use right now and it's it's really not a lot right now so we're gonna come back and talk about what they're gonna face this week against the Philadelphia Eagles believe me it's not gonna be like it was against the Rams with the Rams just giving them you know points this week they're gonna to have to earn it against the Eagles we're gonna come right back on the Big Blue Breakdown podcast Joe Cal and Eric Kennedy want to see what everyone's talking about check out the two-time Emmy Award winning video content at yesnetwork.com it's the best in Yankees web shows podcasts and features only at yesnetwork.com welcome back to football nyc's big blue breakdown podcast joe cow along with eric kennedy from the big blue interactive website it's the number one giants fan message board on the web you go there for all your information you go there to get some scoops you go there to get some reports from the giants beat writers it's a terrific site folks to check for all your giants needs and Eric, I I tell you, a lot of Giant fans are going to be looking this week on where the Giants get some answers on how they're going to figure out a way to stop this Philadelphia Eagles offense, whether it's Michael Vick, whether it's this Russian spy Kafka that's in there, at quarterback. I don't know who's (laughs) going to play for this team, but the receivers are going to drive the Giants crazy right now because they had trouble last week with the Rams.
0: Yeah, this, you know, before we get started, you know, this these are the type of games that really make football great. I mean, the Eagles and Giants, it doesn't get much better than that, and I know the Eagles have had the Giants number the last, last six times, but the, the, these are the games that you circle on your calendar, and this, you know, the Giants are the underdogs, and they're going into Philadelphia, and no one's going to give them much of a chance, but... Well, these are the games that if you do pull out a win, man, you you just remember them and they're sweet. And you know, So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game. And, you know, I, I don't think the Giants are going to – matchup-wise, I think this is going to be a t- tough game for the Giants because exactly what we talked about before we went to break. It's, it's, it's the matchup with their receivers against our defensive backs. And based on what we've seen so far and – You know, that may change, but based on what we've seen so far, you can't be overly optimistic about the ability of the Giants to cover these guys unless guys start elevating their play or the Giants do something different that throws the Eagles off because, you know, I can't imagine they're going to go into this game with somebody like, again, Antrell Roll playing nickel corner in the slot against Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that's just – he's been having trouble with ordinary receivers, and then you've got to put Deshaun in the slot – you're going to have problems with that and then you've got you know Macklin on the outside is he going to be going against um, Aaron Ross or Michael Cole these guys have got to be licking their chops right now the pass rush has got to get there for the Giants um, I, I've got to think they've got to try to do something different in terms of, of throwing the Eagles off maybe getting some of their younger Guys on the field in terms of the linebackers that were a little more athletic in coverage, for, with some of this underneath stuff, maybe they can get cleaned up. But the problem with playing young guys is young guys will make mistakes. But you've got this, uh, you know, the linebacker Williams who looks, you know, really good. The sixth round draft pick. He's an athletic guy. I'd like to see him on the field a lot, trying to you know, stay stay with these Eagles in the underneath coverage. Um, you also gotta worry about we were talking about Kiwanuka earlier too. Kiwanuka's good when he's rushing the passer and, and, and he's been helping the Giants out at, at linebacker, but I you gotta think the Eagles are gonna try to go after him in pass coverage too. So it's it's the linebackers, it's the safe it's it's the safeties, it's the cornerbacks. These guys gotta pick it up or or, or it might be, you know, fourteen Nothing, you know, 21-3 by halftime, and, and, and the Giants will be out of their running game at that point.
1: Right. And against the Rams this week, sure, you had Bradford, but there's really not many playmakers on the, on the Rams team. And, and I'm going to name you Deshaun Jackson. And then you got Macklin. And then you got Steve Smith, who knows a lot about the Giants and could tip off Andy Reid about some of what the Giants are doing. And then you have LaShawn McCoy. And then, oh, by the way, you have a quarterback. Who can just snap his fingers and get ten yards and just run for any first down he needs? I mean, yeah. it, I tell they you, got they got they
0: got they got, a lot, they got tight ends you can throw to, right? And even besides the receivers that you just mentioned, they've got a couple other guys that are really good. They got a lot of weapons. they, yeah. they got a lot of weapons.
1: Yeah, this is a very hard week for Perry. Fuel. To, uh, I mean, I tell you, coming off the Monday night game, it's a short work week, and he couldn't be happy with what he saw on Monday night. And now you're going up against yeah. the Eagles. And I tell you what, I know it's very early in the season to worry about weather and stuff, but it's supposed to be very rainy in the east on Sunday. And maybe, maybe with the heavy rain and stuff like that, maybe it slows down the Eagles' offense a little bit. I know it's not an intangible that you could really look at till the day of the game, but, you know, if you're the Giants, you're really looking for anything right here just to try to slow down the Eagles. And also, let's face it, Michael Vick, that was a tough hit he took on Sunday night, and you don't know what mm-hmm. his condition's going to be. Sure, they're going to tell you he's going to play, and he probably will play, but you never know how many hits he's going to take in the game, so I'm sure Perry Fuel knows about that, and I'm sure the Giants are going to want to you know, get after him. So, you know what? I agree with you. It's one of those games where it's a very hard matchup against the Giants based on what we saw the first two games this season, but if the Giants do come out of this with a victory against the Eagles at home, that's really big.
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah. really big. Yeah, and that'll make a lot of Giants fans really, really, really happy. You know, I, and, I, and I'm not buying this this um, dream team stuff. I really, I'm not. And and the reason I'm more down in this game, it's not because I think the Eagles are all that. It's 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 the matchups in this game. If the Eagles were more of a running team, I think you know I'd be more confident about this. It's 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 the it's all about matchups. The Giants. Defensive line against the Eagles' offensive line should be a huge win in our favor. That's the one area that you know we really should um, have an advantage over the Eagles in that game. And, and I'm all, I think Eagles are being a little bit. Uh, I think Vic's going to play, but I think the Eagles are are being a little bit risky here with with Vic. I'm not sure I would expose him to the Giants pass rush in a game that they don't need to win. Um it would certainly help them out division win division games are always critically important, but if he gets hit hard again and he suffers a second concussion, oh, yeah. then you're talking about maybe a month or more that he might be out, you know. So I think I think, you know, he's going to play I think the Eagles are you know, they're taking a risk here. I'm not sure if I I would take the same risk if I'm Andy Reid in that organization, but we'll see. But the Giants can get after the quarterback, they can get after Vic. They've got to keep him in the pocket. He's really uncomfortable. Vic's really uncomfortable when you come at him from from his uh his left, um, because he likes to roll in that direction, and, and the Giants sort of had the blueprint with that last year, the team started copying. Um in this game you have to wonder can they can the giants control the ball on offense keep the ball play keep away long clock eating drives and keep them off the field. I didn't know that about the weather. I hope you're right about the weather, and I hope it's raining. I hope it's windy because that would really play into the Giants' favor because that means the ground games can become more important, and, and that's where the Giants also have an advantage. The Eagles' uh, rushing defense has been atrocious this year. They've given up uh, almost 150 yards a game. In both those games, they've, they've, they're going to switch up their linebackers this week uh, because it's been so bad, so it'll probably be a little better for them this week. But the Giants need to run the ball. The good news for the Giants was against the Rams, even though they didn't put up, put up big numbers, they, they stayed with it. They had over 30 carries with their running backs. I think in terms of touches to the running backs, in terms of uh, runs and throws, they had 37 touches, the Giants' three running backs, uh, D.J. Ware, um, Ahmad Bradshaw, and and Jacobs. 37 touches of of the 71 offensive plays. That's more than half the offensive plays went to the running backs. That's the same kind of mix I would use against the Eagles to play keep away, long clock-eating drives, and get some touchdowns.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I like the way they mix it up. It looks like Jacobs is coming in like every third series and and towards the end of the game – Danny Ware got in there, and it looked like Eli in the second half was targeting Ahmad Bradshaw a lot out of the backfield. Yeah,
0: he is the leading uh, receiver in the game, yep, yeah. five catches.
1: Yeah, so it looked like he was utilizing the running backs, and, and to their credit, the giant running backs are doing a very good bo- job of catching the ball this year coming out of the backfield. And I made mention before of uh, Jacobs making a terrific play Uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. You don't just expect that out of a big back like him. So, yeah, I'm sure the Giants are going to have to uh, come up with something this week to try to foil the Philadelphia Eagles on their home turf. But I tell you, Eric, you know what? If they do come at us with a win, it's a a real positive thing for the Giants right now, and I think that's the way they have to go into it because uh, another divisional game is going to go on between the Cowboys and the Redskins, and we'll see. Maybe the division will even up a little bit, and you never know you never know it's so early in the season, but uh I know some giant fans have been on your website and they've been eager to ask some questions about uh, the state of the Giants right now after what they saw on Monday night and do you have any that you've seen?
0: Yeah, there's a few good questions um probably more than we we have time to talk about, but a couple of guys want to know why Jerry Reese isn't getting more heat, and then a couple of guys also wanted to know uh, have us hear our thoughts on how the young linebackers are doing. I guess we could start off with the first one, and the one with with Reese. You know, I I think some of it has been just bad luck, and some of it you can legitimately question some of the things he's done. But for instance, if you look at at the secondary, they look like they were going to be really deep at that position, and then they get the injury to Trell Thomas, and then Prince Mukamara gets hurt, and you lose you know two of your top three corners there. And you know any team in the NFL that loses two two of their top def- defensive backs is going to ha- are going to have problems. They they had they brought in all these young linebackers, that, and the big question in the in the preseason was how are they going to keep all these guys? The symptom, Clint syndrome injury sort of made it easier for the Giants, and they decided to keep all of the young guys. And then as soon as the fat last cuts happen, Jonathan Goff tears his knee, and now all of a sudden. The Giants they 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 rolled the dice a little bit going with the, with the youth and then it and it comes up comes back and hits them. But on the flip side, with with you know the criticism, they don't they didn't seem to make any arrangements to have a slot receiver. Uh, again, right or wrong, whether he he's going to be the same player or not, Steve Steve Smith got away. That's one thing. But they didn't bring anybody else until they brought in Brandon Stokely a few days ago. Um, And it it looks like the guys that they had, they really aren't a natural slot guy. So you want at least you're scratching your head, what? Why? Why weren't they doing something there? Same thing at tight end, which you talked about earlier. Even if Jake Ballard turns out to be a good player, you can't go into thinking that this guy is going to become a good player. You would think that they would have done something more there, either in the draft or free agency, where there were some guys in free agency. Um, you know, bring somebody else in at least to be more competitive at that position. So I think there's legitimate criticism there, but there's also been some bad luck.
1: I agree with you with the offensive side of the ball. It's one thing if Eli loses his tight end to Kevin Boss, and The Oakland Raiders gave him a lot of money, and he's not even healthy yet. But I think the Giants were really stunned that they lost Steve Smith and the way it all went down. I don't think the Giants ever thought that he was – it was going to happen like that, and he was going to go to the Eagles, and the way it all turned out, I really think the the Giants were surprised. And you're right, there was no backup plan, and you can't just expect a guy like Victor Cruz to just step in there. I mean, come on, Steve Smith is Eli's security blanket for the last couple of years, and 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 that's a hard player to, to you know. To replace and and when you don't even have an off season, let's face it, Eric. There was no off season with with football this year. Right. So there weren't, there couldn't be any plans because you didn't know who was going to be free agents, who was going to sign. So kind of it was weird because it kind of caught the Giants by surprise in a way. And and sure, you're taking away two two security blankets that Eli Manning had. I don't think the Giants were ever investigating any of the linebackers. I think they were happy with the guys that they had. This is when they were all healthy because you hear about. All these other free agent linebackers signing in other places with these one-year deals and two years The Giants never brought in any linebackers to even look at. So it's not even like the Giants were investigating that area. The Giants, I think, were comfortable going to the season with the linebackers. But uh, the two areas that you mentioned, yeah, and, and they're showing up now in the season as problem areas, and the tight end looks to be a problem the rest of the season for the Giants because even if you bring somebody in now with a trade or something like that, you know, you have to have somebody learn the offense, and somebody get a little rhythm with Eli, and Eli will know that the, he's there on, on on third down. So uh, it's a tough spot for the Giants, and I know Reese has taken a lot of criticism, and he stands that he had a plan going into the season, and he's going to stick by that plan. And you know what? To give him a little credit though, the the first free agent that they brought in, they acted very quickly, and they brought in they brought in Bass, who was the best free agent center on the market. Yeah. So, and, and we both know how important centers are to the offensive line, to the offense. So. Sure, uh, you know once the year ends, it all depends on how the Giants finish. Coughlin's going to take a lot of, uh, a lot of criticism, but so will Reese.
0: Yeah, and then the other question, there were lots, lots of questions, but the one that we had a couple of people asking about, they want to know what our opinion were the young guys, and I, I like these young guys I, at linebacker. I think you know, like anything, even on the offensive side, when you, we were talking about some of the young guys, like the fullback, Heinowski and stuff you're going to have mistakes. Anytime you play a rookie, you're going to have mistakes, especially when these guys with the lockout, they only got their, their playbook a little over a month ago, which mm-hmm. some fans forget. You know, these guys weren't sitting around in the offseason during the lockout even knowing what the playbook. They weren't even allowed to talk to the team. They weren't even allowed to go in and find out what, what the workout regime is in terms of weightlifting and running and that kind of they, they didn't have access to any of that stuff. So they were thrown into tr- training camp with no mini camp, no OTAs, no, no passing camp, nothing. So they're, they're really behind the eight ball. But the, but I, I like these linebackers. You know, the Greg Jones, the middle linebacker. He, you know, you saw make a play on the goal line against the Rams. He's struggling a little bit more in pass coverage, but that's to be expected given his Big Ten background and, and the type of player he was out of college. But, you know, he's in there. He's out there. He, he's he's improving. I really like the Williams, the linebacker. And in this guy, Spencer Pacinger, who really has only been playing on on special teams and same with Mark Herzlick on special teams, these guys might have a future with the Giants. I like these guys. They're, you know, for years we've been saying, why can't the Giants find any linebackers? and it looks like they've got four good prospects and i think we just got to live with the growing pains. So you you're, you're going to have mistakes and then you're going to have plays that make you go wow, you know, maybe there's something there and we saw a little bit of that against the Rams um with 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 these guys too is you know, a guy like Tyler Sash playing special teams you talked about the big fumble um recovery on the muffed punt. Well, he dove on the ball and got it away from the Rams guy that allowed well, Dave Tollson the recover. was That was a big play in that game, and it was a hustle play and those are the kinds of things you like to see from these young guys and you know regardless of which way the season turns i 'm really excited about this draft class and these in these in these rookie free agents that the Giants have
1: yeah, and I think the Giants were also very excited about Jones. I mean we spoke about it earlier that the Giants were very high in this guy. It just turns out that nobody expected him to be thrust into a starting role, you know, this is where you, everybody goes, you can't use injuries as an excuse. Well, when it comes to these rookies coming in and no offseason, maybe you can use uh, injuries as an excuse because these these rookies are thrown into starting positions and out of any year this has to be the toughest year for a rookie to be thrown into a starting position because like you said there was no all season for these guys to get ready there was no preparation and when you use a when you lose a young guy like Goff and symptom who were two young linebackers and and it's very hard to replace a guy like that a couple of days before the season starts so I like seeing them in the second half of the Rams game. I saw a lot of young players in the second half of the Rams game, and I agree with you about the quick young linebackers. It's a tough spot for them to just get adjusted in. And, hey, we're only in the second Game of the season. We're entering our third week, so you never know. These guys, hopefully, will progress every single week, and let's hope the Giants progress into a victory this week. I tell you, it would be terrific if they can knock off the Eagles at home this week. It would really do a lot. Looking at what their schedule looks like for the next month, if they get a couple of wins under their belt here in the next couple of weeks, it would really help them out. And Eric, I tell you, it's always a pleasure with you and. Uh, Keep the passion, keep the faith.
0: <laughs> Will do. I mean, it's big week for them, so let's go Big Blue.
1: Let's go Big Blue. And Giant fans, keep coming back to Big Blue Interactive and the Giants' number one message board. I tell you, any any questions that you have for Eric, he's always he's always handy. He's always around to answer them, and there's always some scoops on there and there's always some information from beat reporters. It's the number one place to go to if you are a Giant fan. And keep coming back to yesnetwork.com for all your football needs. Till next week. For Big Blue Breakdown, it's Joe Calo and Eric Kennedy. We'll see you, folks.